This podcast is brought to you by Novo Nordisk. More than 30% of Australians are living with obesity. It's a complex, often progressive and lifelong condition. Tonight, I had the privilege of facilitating the first in a series of four Rethink Obesity forums designed to educate and empower all healthcare professionals, and in particular GPs, to deliver effective evidence-based management to patients with obesity and provide advice to those at risk of developing it. I'm health journalist Casey Barros, and I'm joined by Sydney-based GP and advocate for people living with obesity, Georgia Rigas, and Sarah Abdo, a consultant endocrinologist at Bankstown Hospital in Sydney. We couldn't resist jumping on here to recap a few of the highlights. Welcome, ladies. What a wealth of knowledge shared tonight. Georgia, I want to ask you, the theme of tonight was around key considerations when starting a conversation around obesity. Now, we know that both in Australia and globally, the obesity statistics are staggering and even more so when you consider those who are potentially headed that way. And yet less than 1% of general practice consultations centre around obesity. What is going on? These statistics are alarming. I agree with you. And um, the reasons are many and varied. We know that GPs are well-intentioned. However, they do indicate that they are time poor and therefore uh, often not having this conversation. Those that do or at least contemplate having the discussion with their patients are worried that they're going to open Pandora's box. And then more importantly, what do they do when this box is open? Many citing that there aren't effective therapies available to help patients. And we know this is actually outdated information and incorrect and part of the reason that we have put together this four-part Rethink Obesity Forum. Georgie, you took us through some of the Action AU data tonight. Tell us about the delay in patients having that first conversation with their doctor. From the Action AU study, we saw that people with obesity are waiting almost nine years from when they first start to struggle with their weight and then having that initial consultation with their healthcare professional. This is concerning because in that nine-year period, their obesity is often getting worse and many of them are developing uh, weight-related complications and health conditions. Interestingly, this was three years longer than other patients from around the world. And the reasons for this aren't fully understood, but what we need to do as GPs is have that conversation earlier before the health problems arise. Why, Why the delay? What are the barriers? We looked at that in the Action AU study. From a doctor's point of view, many believed that people with obesity were simply not interested or motivated to lose weight. However, when we interviewed the patients, we only found that 21% of them were not motivated to lose weight at that particular point in time. That doesn't mean that in weeks or months down the track that they're not going to change their mind. Now, from a person with a lived experience point of view, people with obesity were saying that... um, It's their problem. It's something that they felt that they needed to deal on their own. This might stem from obesity stigma and bias that they've endured over the years. There's a lot of shame and blame, which has to change. We need to change this narrative. Um, The whole community really has a part to play. But another interesting point that came about from our study was that there's what I call the impaired self-perception, where essentially people with obesity may not necessarily recognise that they have obesity, nor any of the complications that are associated with it. Mm, Interesting. Sarah, according to the data, by the time patients get to you, it's likely they've been struggling for many years. What's the impact of that delay? 
So as Georgia alluded to, the complications of obesity are many and varied and different patients will experience different complications. But I think it's really important for us to understand that with every year of delay, it puts our patients at increased risk. So if you think about the cardiometabolic consequences, the hyperlipidemia, the ischemic heart disease, the strokes, the diabetes, and that's just one, you know, one, one problem. Uh, the young women with obesity uh, face issues with fertility and reproductive health. Um, the psychosocial consequences of obesity are also really important. So mental health is a, a really important problem and can often be underlying obesity. Um, so with this time, it's lost opportunities um, and the impact on their overall health is is really difficult to measure and, and quantify, but it definitely exists um, and, and needs to be looked into. The earlier, the better for the, the overall well-being of the patient. So put simply... What could have happened had they come to you earlier? So if they come to you earlier or if you start the conversation earlier more so because often the patient will come to you but they won't come to you with a problem of obesity. As Georgia alluded to, that's not a conversation that necessarily will be the initiation point. The point that the patient will come with will be another ailment, a complication of obesity. So the difference is, is if you address the, the, the underlying problem of weight um, and uh, help the patient to understand the effect of their weight on the other problems that they may be presenting with, you can in effect prevent a lot of the downstream complications. And so how do you start that conversation without making the patient feel uncomfortable? So that's an important point and I think that that's probably more a problem for the health professional than the patient. I don't think the patient necessarily will feel uncomfortable by the conversation, to be honest with you. I think the patient would really um, be happy that somebody has raised the issue um, and it'll give them an opportunity to address that. However, if the patient was uncomfortable with it, the way that I would be, you know, looking to raise this issue is addressing the patient's concern first. So you don't want to jump into talking about weight when they've come to you to talk about a sore knee or their high cholesterol or their high blood pressure. So address the patient's concern and then put that in the context of the overall um, underlying condition and how obesity is a chronic condition with multiple complications and show them how it all sort of interrelates. So once you've addressed their concerns and respectfully acknowledged, you know, the problem in a sensitive way, you bring about um, weight management and talk about it, just like you would talk about, um, you know, starting at a cholesterol tablet or just like you'd talk about starting an antihypertensive in a very matter of fact, but respectful and sensitive way. Yeah, it's a good point. Georgia, to Sarah's point, you saw in the Action AU data that very few patients are actually offended when the healthcare professionals bring it up. I believe it was 3%. So once we can get healthcare professionals over that hump of initiating that conversation, what sort of questions do they need to ask right up front? What do you need to know in an initial consultation? Essentially, um, everyone has their own different consulting style and obviously we have to tailor it to the person that we're talking to. Um, but I find taking a very good weight history is important so that you can understand um, where they've been and what factors may have influenced their weight gain over the years. It also helps to explain to the patient that obesity is a chronic progressive disease, as we heard from Sarah before, because they have they find it insightful. Um, other things that are important to ask is why do you think you have a weight um, 
health concern or a problem with your weight because that gives us some insight into their level of health literacy and uh, provides an opportunity to either reinforce the messages that they do have um, and are correct but also to correct them in an empathetic manner if they've got some misinformation on board. I also like to ask them how, um, you know, why they want to lose weight so I can get an idea of how their weight is impacting their health. Uh, so we're not looking at just kilos on the scale, we're looking at function and well-being because we want to look at the person holistically. Um, and finally, I also like to ask them how much weight they thought they needed to lose to improve their health mm. because that will also uh, help us to set together some realistic and achievable goals. One of the biggest issues, though, just to play devil's advocate for GPs in particular, is time. So how do you get around that, that issue? Because you are limited in a consultation. Time consultations are a limitation, but they're a limitation for all of us. As GPs, we are chronic disease management champions. We've been doing it for years. And so obesity is no exception. Patients are infrequently will come to their GP to say, look, I want to talk about my weight. They'll often come because of a complication of their weight, such as sore knees or irregular periods, or they need another prescription for their blood pressure lowering medication. So as Sarah mentioned, we should deal with the initial presentation, the reason they came in, and then um, use a timely but brief intervention to ask them, are they aware of the link between their weight and their sore knees or their weight and their uh, irregular periods, etc.? And then use that opportunity to educate them and hook them in. We don't have to deal with everything in that one consultation. Even a very brief uh, interaction is enough to plant the seed and encourage them to come back for another consultation. And I have no qualms in making the subsequent consultation a bit longer, um, and Medicare uh, has provisions for this, so that we can tease the issues out a lot better and that way the patient feels listened and understood. Mm. Sarah, no matter who you are losing weight, is not easy. In fact, it's incredibly difficult. Why is it so hard? And are there any techniques that you would utilise to help keep your patients engaged in the process? Because it's really about the long game, isn't it? That's exactly right, Casey. And I think that the take-home message should be that um, not only do you need to initiate the conversation and not see that it's too hard, arrange the follow-up, but also look for the long-term. Patients often want a quick fix, but they've been through that process where they go on a fad diet, they lose the weight, they regain the weight. So we really need to place obesity in the, in the position that it's in, which is that it's a chronic, relapsing, remitting condition. So it will continue to be a problem for their life. And so the support that you can provide needs to be long-term. But just acknowledging that for the patient, I think, is the key. So by taking that history and knowing the process, the, you know, the pathway that's got them here and the experiences that they've had up until now and that it will continue to be a struggle and support is there for them is important. And also acknowledging the complex genetic um, the complex genetics underlying the issue, as well as the biology of the hormones that continue to encourage weight gain and prevent weight loss is really important. So by putting that information out there, you know, it's evidence-based information coming from a supported, you know, medical expert um, is really important. And empathy and sincerity in your approach to the patient is really important. Once you have that connection with the patient, then they are happy to look at, you know, options into the future and knowing that there's no quick fix, that it is an ongoing problem and you're there to support them. And you don't see setbacks as setbacks? 
That's exactly right. So putting it right out there that in their past, they may have lost weight and had successful weight loss in the past, and then they've regained weight. So those sort of setbacks are really useful things for us to take a lot of learning from in order to prevent that happening in future. And understanding other concepts like weight maintenance um, and how important that is in the future and that you will not only just continue to lose weight without little, you know, roadblocks, so to speak. There will be stops and you will have to change tack. You will have to change your approach. So understanding that um, is the important thing in moving forward, I think, for patients and engaging them. So much value. Thank you, ladies. And thanks for joining us. That's it for this recap. We have many more vital learnings in this series. So please take the time to listen to our other episodes on dietary advice, management of obesity and weight loss maintenance. Until next time. Please note the views expressed in this episode are the doctor's own and the information here is not to be taken as personal medical advice. Both doctors received an honorarium for their participation in the forum.